everybody. Welcome to Book It Vince, the wrestling booking dream match podcast on the internet. I'm one of your hosts, Martin Bennett. And with me, as always, is the best there was, the best there ever will be, Anthony Hall. Wow. Such honor. To the be best bestowed. there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. I messed one. To bestow, to be bestowed that moniker. As Such I- honor. <laughs> How you doing, Anthony? I'm all right, man. How you doing? I'm good because we got a special episode today. If you a can special see, epi. if you can see by the title, we are going to be deciding who is the greatest wrestling manager of all time, and uh, this is just going to be a little fun one. Um, but before we get into that, if you like what we do here on the podcast, please follow or subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you get your podcasts on, uh, or come over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash unknown era films to watch the video version. Also, we got some other cool stuff coming out soon. So subscribe for more on that. And at the end of the show, we answer viewer questions. We do a match recommendation of the week. So if you want to get involved with those, please go over to our website, unknownairfilms.com slash book events, submit a question, check out the other episodes, have a good time. All right. So Anthony. Yes. So we're, yes. we're doing this today because uh, we are going to be putting out very soon uh, the second season of our YouTube show, The Bracketeers, which if people mm, don't yes. know, on YouTube... We have uh, the show called The Bracketeers, where uh, a bunch of us from the Unknown Era crew, some friends, some guests, sit down and discuss what we think is the best of a certain subject. Uh, Season one came out earlier this year. The pandemic completely screwed my... I I was going to say last year. I'm like, wait, it wasn't last year. It was earlier this year because we filmed it before, just before we went into quarantine. (laughs) Um, and that one, season one was, uh, what was the greatest movie franchise of all time? Um, the season two is coming out soon and we're deciding what's the best N64 games of all time and people, and we got some opinions and it's going to be a good time. So you definitely want to <laughs> tune into that. So we thought today, why don't we, why don't we do our own bracket that's wrestling related? And I thought let's do. Who is the greatest wrestling manager of all time? Kind of like, it's not a dream match, but I don't think that we would really ever book a manager into something unless we decide to do like a manager battle royale or something like that. Maybe we'll do that eventually <laughs> in the future. But uh, yeah, so what we are referencing is uh, the Sportsters uh, top 10 greatest WWE managers of all time. But I don't know how many ex or not WWE managers there are. Also, a lot of these people on here have managed in other promotions. So, um, and we're not doing the list verbatim. We did remove two people mostly because we don't really know too much about them or we don't think that they are up to snuff with these people. So, we did remove Vicky Guerrero from the list. Shout outs to Vicky. You great. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Shout, shout, out, shout out to Vicky Guerrero, but, you know, does her managing Edge and Dolph Ziggler really, 
Nah, I, I, nah. I, uh, yeah, nah. it's kind of, we both kind of felt that way. And then one person that was on a bunch of top 10 lists was Freddie Blassie. I recognize, you know, he was of, you know, WWF, Iron Sheik, uh, Nikola Volkov, that old school era, but we don't really know him to talk about him, so... Because we're filthy casuals who really only know about post-2000s wrestling. I mean, <laughs> there's people on this list who aren't post, post-2000s post wrestling. But it's just, you know, we know more about some of these people than we know about, like, the old school people. So We're bad wrestling fans. Oh, no. No, I don't think so. So our top eight... Uh, in order and the way that we're doing this is we're doing this uh, it's a seated bracket based mm-hmm. on the sportsers list so number one will go against number eight and so on and so forth uh, until we reach you know there could be an underdog who knows so our list is Bobby the Brain Heenan Paul Heyman uh, Paul Bearer Jim Cornette Jimmy Hart Miss Elizabeth Paul Ellering and Sensational Sherry so, Anthony, you ready to get into this? Yeah, let's go. Let's. The first matchup, Stuart, is going to be interesting. It's Bobby the Brain Heenan versus yeah. Sensational Sherry. So, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Th- see, this is what I was talking about when it's like some of these people aren't post two thousand. Bobby the Brain Heenan is not post two thousand, but man, the Brain, one of the is probably the greatest manager of all time. Yeah. But, you know, it's, yeah, uh, I just remember, what I remember most about Bobby the Brain is that he was, you know, he did it, he did it all. He was commentary, he uh, was funny, he was, him, his antics on Monday Night Raw, like, getting fired, trying to get, come back in, those are, those always make the highlight reels of, like, him dressing up as a woman, trying to come in, and, um, but for who he managed, I mean, he managed all the old school guys. You know, he managed Andre the Giant. Uh, he managed, who else did he manage? It was like a whole family of people, no? Is that what it was called? Like the family? Need to make sure we can pull up uh, specifics <laughs> about these, yeah. About yeah. these guys. Uh, King Kong Bundy. Yeah. Yeah, the okay. Heenan yeah, the Heenan family was what it was called. It was that stable. Who was all in the stable? I wanna I wanna know. This will okay, okay, okay. Here we go. The Heenan family included Stud. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Wonderful Paul Orndoff. King Kong Bundy. Andre the Giant. High Chief. Sivi Alf Affy, <laughs> the Brain Busters, former Horseman members Arn Anderson and Tully, the Ravishing Rick Rude, Harley oh, Race. Oh yeah. Oh Kurt Hennig. Nice. Yeah. The Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah. He. So he basically just had like the best people ever. So I mean, like it's. Yeah, I I agree. Like it's it's like him being. Uh, Flexible doing commentary. He, he, he managed Ric Flair at one time. Uh, 
Yeah, no. You managed all these old school dudes. It was great. And yeah, he was he was funny, he was serious, he was he he was the one of the very first like in my opinion, like all the managers at that point were either people like, you know, Mr. Fuji, <laughs> Mr. Fuji, or just very serious kind of managers while Bobby the Brain Heenan was like he was the first person, in my opinion, that I can see being like getting heel heat for being like uh, what we refer to as uh, 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 a chicken shit heel. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then we got Sensational Sherry on the other side, which, you know, she's at the bottom of the list. And it's mostly just because. It was uh, when she was with uh, Randy Savage and Ted DiBiase. Okay, but I think I think maybe just like based on sheer uh, talent managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan, I think he would win this. She also matchup. I will I will say sorry. Totally forgot about this. She managed Shawn Michaels. After he right. left, after he left the the rock the rockers, right, right. So you know, the, and he, she was the person that coined him as the sexy boy. Sexy boy, oh, not your boy uh, toy. Oh, and fun fact, um, uh, fun fact is that she actually sung Shawn Michaels' theme song originally, and then after she left the WWE. Uh, they're like, who's going to sing the song? And then sh- they're like, Sean, you have to sing your own theme song now. <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. But, that's hilarious. But yeah, was, so, was the original version the same? Yeah, it was the same song. It was just that it was Sherry singing it instead of Sean. Oh, uh, okay, but, okay. But I would say I remember Sensational Sherry more than more as like... I, as More as a wrestler than a manager, but... But I guess, you know, she made most of her big moments as managing people like Mm -hmm. Randy Savage when, uh, yeah, because she managed Randy Savage when she when he left Miss Elizabeth. Oh, right. Right? Yes, 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 yes. And then being in with Ted DiBiase and the Million Dollar Man Club. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, with Sean is that's classic because that was really like. Sean's big break and the fact that he and that's then where he termed the heartbreak kid and right, the heartbreak right. kid hotel and all that stuff so all right i mean but both i do both, yeah both managers uh very illustrious resumes but you really can't have an upset this early like it has to be bobby the brain i would say i would say it's it's uh it's definitely bobby the brain so Bobby advances in the bracket. Um, all right, round two. Okay. We have number four seed versus number five seed. Oh, this is going to be a toughie. We had Jim Cornette. Okay. Going against Jimmy Hart. Mouth of the South. Wow. So, I mean, Jim Cornette is famous for... A lot of other stuff outside of managing. I mean, he was a writer. Yeah. He's also a very controversial figure. 
I don't think he's a very good person. He's not. He's not a very good person. <laughs> but in terms of his, I mean, he also ran. Um, he ran his own uh, uh, promotion, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Right. Um, where he found people like Chris Jericho, Kane. Um, who else is on? Some uh, of the stars that we know and love from um, the era of wrestling we are familiar with. He had... <laughs> <laughs> he had uh, what's called Camp Cornette, and I am referring to this page here just because I need to remember this. Camp Cornette, Owen Hart, Vader, British Bulldog. Oh, that's what a what a trio, truly. So he also uh, Midnight Express. There's another big one, mm-hmm. and then he worked with a lot of people in OVW. To help them, to help bring them up, um, yeah. Like Batista, big John time, Cena, Randy yeah, Orton, big, big time development guy. That Jim Cornette, yeah. So you know, I'll give Jim Cornette credit of like he is a very influential person when it came to re- ma- wrestling managers because of the fact that he was more of a booker in in a lot of those regards, and then he became a writer in in WWE. And mm. he became a producer, so then it made sense why he was kind of alongside people to help push them and to help get them better. But Anthony, tell me about Jimmy Hart. Oh well, let Mouth me the South baby. Oh, let me tell you all the things I know about him. He has funny hair. <laughs> <laughs> he often wears glasses. He does, yes. And think sometimes a guitar. <laughs> no, he managed Honky Tonk Man. Oh, right there yeah. we go. He managed Honky Tonk Man, Hulk Honky Hogan. Man. Oh yeah, okay. Greg the Valentine Hammer. I mean, he was also with the Heart Foundation. Right. Um. He 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 was with a lot of like random people. He was with a lot of tag teams. So. I mean, the most notable ones are Honky Tonk Man, Hulk Hogan, yeah. and the and the Heart Foundation. Okay. Like when I think of the Heart Foundation, I mean he's not an official heart. Yes. Not but, by blood. But he but he's there. He's always there. So Does he have a megaphone? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's oh, that's him. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm I just like I think of him, and I'm like the only thing that ever like kind of like crosses my mind because I'm not a an old school wrestling head um, is that like I just picture him wearing funny suits. He wears and, funny suits. He has glasses. He has long hair, and he, <laughs> and he has a megaphone. Yeah, and just just generally being old and 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 talking he, loudly. He's still kicking around though. That's the one yeah. thing I will say is Jimmy Hart is still kicking around. He does the indie scene. He uh, he makes special guest appearances, uh, and no one wants to talk to Jim Cornette. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I mean, will say, I will say I like I like Jim Cornette's stuff on uh, Dark Side of the Ring, but that's just because he's very knowledgeable about stuff. But he's very opinionated. Yeah. He's very very candid. Yes. When it comes to those things, uh, I mean, I don't really know anything about Jimmy Hart 
really. <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> I mean, but when it comes to manager, yeah, who yeah. do you immediately go? Yeah, that's a manager. I mean, him probably. Yeah, that's what I would say because he has a megaphone. <laughs> and he... It's also, it's also, it's also a thing of like a lot of the people on this list aren't characters. That's true, and he is you know? like a fully fleshed out gimmick. Uh, I can't, I, I can't in good faith advance him over Jim Cornette though. I mean, just like it doesn't. Really? I can't do it. I can't do it. Marty. I would so put Jimmy Hart over Jim Cornette. Oh, but think about all of the all the people that we just listed off that Jim Cornette managed and brought up. I like, mean, Mamma Mia, but more famous than Jimmy the Mouth of the South Heart. I mean, for the sake of making the bracket uh, crazy, we could do it. We could advance him. Let's see. Let's see who Jimmy Hart goes up against in the next round. I'm willing okay, to make how about that this? concession. How about this? In this bracket, we each get a fall on the sword moment. We're like, nope, this is the one I'm. This is my. I'm pushing it. Oh, and, I can't wait to use mine. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Do it. Use it now if you want. <laughs> oh, God. No, you can't use it for the final. <laughs> oh, no. I won't. I won't. I won't. But so... Too bad Vicky Guerrero's not in this anymore. It's like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't push her to the end. But so... Well, what are we saying? Jimmy Hart or Jim Cornette? I guess if you're gonna you if you're going to fall on the sword on this one... No, I'm not falling on the sword for this one. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I can't... I, uh... Should we flip... Yeah, let's just do a coin flip because, like, I think Jim. <laughs> what a great, what a great, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a great mo- form of de- de- democracy is a coin yeah. flip. Yeah, well, I it's mean... because, like, I think Jim Cornette is just like so impressive in terms of like, yeah, the people that he worked with and, and I just the, the people that came up. I just don't have like if if I didn't list all that, would you have known that? I. I knew about like some of the developmental stuff, like the OVW guys, but I didn't really know much about like yeah. the Smoky Mountain wrestling. I, I just have, I just have like for me, it's uh, like memorable, and and to me, I when I think of like general managers, I go, yeah, Jimmy Hart, because that's all, yeah, that's okay, okay. all that he was. While Jim Cornette, yeah. I go, oh, he was a writer, he was a producer and stuff. Oh yeah, right. and then he did do. Maybe I'm just um, and then giving he did Jim commentary, Cornette. and then he did all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like when Maybe, I think of like yeah. managers, I go Jimmy Hart because that's true. Know, that I'm was... just giving Jim Cornette more credit, I think, because of all the other stuff that he did. But this is a manager bracket, so let it let us advance a manager, a proper manager. So it's Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart. All right. Sorry, Jim Cornette. Not sorry. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got number three seed, yeah. Paul Bear, yeah. versus number six seed, Ms. Elizabeth. Oh, this well, is interesting. Oh, wow. This is trick. This is it's not really tricky because I think I know who's gonna move on. But okay, let's talk about Ms. Elizabeth. One of the best, like WW, like wrestling personalities that wasn't a wrestler. Yeah, honestly, like. And like, I don't think Macho Man would have been like as interesting storyline wise, like without Miss Elizabeth. 
like some of like the exactly. greatest moments of of Macho Man's career had to do with Miss Elizabeth and winning yeah. her back. Yeah, like like she the only per- people she was ever involved with were Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, and like. Yeah. She did like on the Sportster. The funny thing is on the Sportster, the photo of her is when she then went to WCW and she joined the NWO. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so um, random. But like, it's it's just the fact that she was like she is one of the most famous women's personalities in wrestling. And, you know, it is of a time where it wasn't necessarily because of her talent. You know, it is. She's a pretty face, but she's with Macho Man. And, like, they were the they were the face, like, perfect couple. Yeah. So it and I don't know for her. It's it's that um, she is just. It it's it's such it's so it's such a weird thing because it's not really like that she did a lot of promos. It's not really that she like it's she didn't really wrestle. It was just that she was an important figure in Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan's careers. Yeah, and like just like the storytelling. She she was such a part a big part of of like Randy Savage, like you know, his his whole arc as a character like i guess it is kind of the thing though you look back and it's one of those things of like that was a different time in wrestling because now you yeah. look at it and you go that is horrible <laughs> right yeah that that's she was just a pretty face she was just there to be next to him and kind of be the damsel in distress or or whatever but like right at the same time she was in an era where she was the one of the women that was in front of everyone and the one that everyone knew because yeah. the women's wrestlers weren't getting too much exposure. Yeah. And so she was there front and center and front, like as like the women rest women's representation, at least she was there for women to be in wrestling. Right. Even if it's like to be used mostly as a plot device. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, she is like iconic. Yeah. Miss Elizabeth. Uh, yeah that's and and like she was only a manager as well right like yeah so but uh, she's going against one of the one of the greatest characters in my opinion in yeah in wrestling. yeah paul so bear the, so this is where um the scale tips i think because like the character is so compelling and i don't think undertaker is as interesting or uh, as like mysterious without Paul Bearer. No, Paul Bearer is it's it's hard to describe Paul Bearer because you know it, it's it's yeah sure he was only really with he was only really involved in Undertaker Kane kind of McFoley like that whole feud like when that a lot of that was going on yeah but i mean such a memorable character his voice his voice yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah yeah Ooh. i mean the 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 urn 
just everything about him didn't really ever have to like no he did cut promos and that's where the weird voice came in yeah (laughs) but but just an interesting side presence to the undertaker and to kane and and everything and like just how those characters played off against each other where you have like these two giants and then you have this short pudgy little dude yeah (laughs) wearing wearing white makeup with black like highlights uh in a suit and he's just walking around with an urn and telling the undertaker what to do uh and then just all the family story that went along in there eventually and like yeah friggin friggin what was it 2000 uh i forget the year where undertaker buried him in cement right (laughs) and that was like the last appearance of paul bearer before he sadly passed away oh man and then and then friggin to see him punk has to ruin it by bringing that into the storyline with uh cm punk versus undertaker where like they bring back the urn and they like dump out all the, the all the ashes and right. say this is paul bear Ooh, it's like that's nope <laughs> but yeah his legacy oh i don't know like what do you think oh man i think like I'm doing a lot of talking this episode. Both, well, I think you're more familiar with uh, the older things than I am. But um, I think this matchup is so interesting because these are both managers that, like, I think elevated their talent so much that, like, if Miss Elizabeth didn't exist and if Paul Bear didn't exist, I don't think we'd care as much about Randy Savage or The Undertaker as much. But I think the tipping point is like how memorable and how committed the manager was and to, and to their character specifically. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. They didn't give Miss Elizabeth more of a character, but like, you can't, you can't be, you can't ignore Paul Bearer. Like that guy is, he's, it's like, it's iconic. You can't, the the thing about Miss Elizabeth is that you can't, you can't picture. Hold on a second. Okay, good. Sorry, I I was just double checking something. Uh, <laughs> I was just double checking something. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, hold on a second. I just need to double, triple double check something. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you can't. What was I gonna say? You can't. With Miss Elizabeth, you can't think about the Macho Man versus Hulk Hogan storyline and not have her in that picture. Yeah, like you can't you can't think about that feud and not remember Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, like that's a big thing. And you can't you can't think. I mean, Macho Man's career spanned a long time, and he did a lot of different things. But I think when people think about Macho Man Randy Savage, they do immediately remember Miss Elizabeth because she was there for a majority of the time and she was an integral part of his character. Yeah, and all of his storylines like early on. Yeah. Um, hmm. I gotta give it to my guy, Paul Bearer. Though. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think Paul Bearer too. Mostly just because like 
in terms of like yes both characters macho man and undertaker a very important part of them was their managers yeah but i think that paul bear as a character is more interesting as a manager is more interesting and just the how a part of the undertaker story was more interesting yeah like i think miss elizabeth was a part of macho man's like like really big moments but i think like the character of the undertaker doesn't truly exists the way we know and love it without Paul Bear. So it's no, like exactly. You you must advance the Paul Bear. Alrighty. Our last first round match. Yes. This will be interesting. Okay. And then we'll probably the, the next uh, the next couple rounds might be a bit more difficult, but I think that this is a good one. Number seven seed, Paul Ellering. Yeah. Versus Number two, Paul Heyman. How many Pauls are going to be in this bracket? <laughs> We've had two gyms. <laughs> two gyms. Three Pauls. Three Pauls, you know. All right. Um, all right. Paul Ellering versus Paul Heyman. I mean, what can we say about Paul Heyman? What can't we say about Paul Heyman? My client. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, it's just the fact of like, yeah, he he created ECW, which is crazy yeah. and cool. But mm-hmm. then that he made his way into the WWE and then was I mean, the thing I'll say about Paul Heyman as a manager, the wrestling world refers to people as Paul Heyman guys. Yeah, Heyman guys. You know, like there are Heyman guys because it's a stamp of approval that you get pushed and you get managed by Paul Heyman, which means that you're mm. probably going to be a big a deal. star. Yeah. And I mean, you can list off, you know, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Right now, Roman Reigns. Wow. He even managed what, Cesaro at one what point. A, what a surprise that is, right? Like that was just crazy. To, just to just to think about um, the the current wrestling um, the current wrestling landscape, especially in WWE on SmackDown. I'm gonna read. What? I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read a quick article. Uh, Fourteen Paul Heyman guys. Okay. Fourteen. Hit him. Hit him up. Brock Lesnar. Yeah, of course. Number Taz. one, Paul Heyman guy. Oh, Taz. Uh, why do I have to hit next on this? I hate that. <laughs> Cesaro, Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Oh, oh. CM Punk, Rob Van Dam. Oh, right. I don't know who Matt Morgan is, but sure, The Miz, <laughs> Big Show. Yeah. Curtis Ax. Curtis Axel. He. I remember that he managed Curtis Axel for like not very long, but it was so it, it was because it was it's like, this is Mr. Perfect son. What the fuck? Oh. You wanted? What did you think? I don't remember that. Uh, it, it was he got him to win the Intercontinental Championship in 2013. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. That was uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, not in WWE. WCW. Uh no. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, but he he was there alongside of pushing Stone Cold. Like that's the sure. thing is when we say the Paul Heyman guys, some of these are like behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Like he, Heiden, some were not direct managers. Fucking Heidenreich. Hmm. Do you remember hmm. who Heidenreich is? No. <laughs> <laughs> he no. was he was like a early two thousands. Um, Psycho Sid kind of character, but he see. joined he joined the Road Warriors at one point. Mick Foley, and then wow, like, um, and Undertaker and Undertaker. Undertaker was a Paul Heyman guy at one point, but yeah, it's like you know, I think Paul Heyman is a better Jim Cornette. <laughs> Oh, well, where he where I mean, he did a ton of stuff behind the scenes, but you remember Paul Heyman as a manager, yeah, because well, because he's been on screen for the last what seems like decade, 20, twenty years. Yeah, what? Well, but like the like he's been involved in like every single like main title picture because of his client. Yeah. I mean, him, I mean, the most m- memorable are Brock Lesnar, CM Punk, and now Roman Reigns. And, yeah. like, it, it just is one of the best mouthpieces in yeah. the business. Um, if you if you can get, if you do a list of, like, the best, pro- best people, best promo, like, um, talents in wrestling, Paul Heyman is one He's of up the, there for sure, there. yeah. Yeah. And then we got Paul Ellering. We just we just we just like we just like <laughs> gave Paul Heyman a three pointer and now we're gonna try to <laughs> Paul I mean Paul Ellering is an underrated, I will say. Very underrated. An underrated manager. So can you can you tell me who else he managed other than AOP? Because like that's just what I'm familiar with is like him managing AOP. <laughs> He no. The, what he is most known for was managing the Road Warriors, right? Okay, uh, there we go. Yeah, he he was most notable for managing the Road Warriors. He was on the Indies for a long time, and then he came in with uh, Hawk and Animal, Road Warriors, uh, and he was just like he like in NXT. He was very good. And then, sadly, when they got up to the main roster and he got dumped, I, I feel really bad for him. But he is a bit older now, so I'm yeah. not too sure what. And then AOP going on got there. dumped from the WWE. So, yep. hey, yep. hey. But no, like him managing the Road Warriors was like, you can't. I mean, it's tough now because I think people might think of the Road Warriors. And um, it's actually sad because uh, Animal passed away pretty recently. Right. Um, RIP. But uh, I suggest people go and watch the uh, Road Warriors Dark Side of the Ring episode because it's really interesting Um, because they interview uh, Paul Ellering and uh, Animal. I think his real name is John Laurinaitis. Um, And they have a lot of stock footage of, I forget the name of Hawk, the real name of Hawk. So... But them, their rise, because in the 80s, I think it was, 
in the in the 80s or early 90s road warriors was one of the most famous tag teams in all of wrestling yeah they're definitely like super memorable and like i i can think about like their ring gear and their face paint and stuff and it's like oh yeah but i definitely he, didn't watch them much and he he was an integral part of that because they didn't really talk he was oh, the talker for them he uh he was the talker for them like they did a little bit but like it was always just this image of like you got these two giant jack dudes in football mm. gear with spikes on it and weird face paint and then yeah. you have this smaller guy dressed in totally in black with sunglasses on and he was this i mean he he can cut if you just look at paul ellering promos they're great um but i mean like yeah road warriors were huge in terms of you know they're they were one of the first ever like uh western acts to get famous in japan oh Uh, i didn't know that that's crazy yeah and so uh they're a huge deal over there they're a huge deal here they didn't make too much of an impact in wwe but on the indie scene and just in the name of wrestling they were so well known but you know that's all that paul ellering is kind of really famous for is that i mean he did a lot of indie work but for what people know him as is really just road warriors and then aop right so oh the road warriors aka legion of doom yes on the indies they were known as road warriors and then when they got to wwe uh vince changed the name to legion of doom precious paul ellering Oh yeah, that was his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I mean, think this this I matchup think... unfortunately is a little more uh heavy-handed leaning to one side I mean, than yeah, the other. For sure. It's definitely Paul Heyman. Yeah. But shout out to Paul Ellering. Yeah, shout out. All right, Paul Heyman moves on. All right, we're in the semifinals. We got three more matchups. Mamma mia. Going back, number one seed, Bommy the Brain Heenan versus Jimmy Hart. So we already kind of talked about, like, this is where we're probably going to speed through some of this, but, like, we already kind of talked about them. But, like, you know, these are two old school dudes. It's Mm -hmm. actually funny. We got two old school dudes versus two kind of newer school on each side. So, like, this this matchup is Bobby... Heenan versus Jimmy Hart, and then the next one is Paul Bear versus Paul Heyman. The the battle of the Pauls again in another <laughs> round. And then we're gonna have like old school versus new school, which is interesting. But right, uh, you know, like I would say these two, in my opinion, that's tough. They're both so memorable. Did these guys interact much? Um, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure I think Bobby Heenan might have been actually no maybe possibly oh yeah maybe because actually probably because I mean they both were around Hulk Hogan's time mm. so and also yeah oh yeah I might have been well 
the other thing too is that they've they've flip they've both flip flop being like heel manager. Actually, no, Bobby the Brain was always heel. Yeah. Jimmy Hart flip flop between like heel and face manager. Like he he managed Hulk Hogan and then he managed King Kong Bundy, uh, Greg the Valentine, the Greg the Hammer Valentine. Heart Foundation, so kind of back and forth. I, they definitely interacted. I imagine so. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think like how I how I advance to dudes that I know not a ton of about. <laughs> I mean, it's it's you gotta look. I think you gotta look back and maybe look at their impact. Like in terms of these are two guys that like kind of were. I guess cornerstones of what a on-screen manager presence is like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you think about it without Bobby the Brain Heenan, we wouldn't have we probably wouldn't have Paul Heyman. Okay, okay. Because you look at those two characters and you're like they're kind of the same in some ways. Yeah, they are they are similar. Yeah, definitely. Like Bobby the Brain Heenan is probably a bit more chicken shit than Paul Heyman, <laughs> but yeah. at the same time they are both like the kind of like, this is my guy, he's gonna kick your ass, he's he's the biggest baddest person, yeah, uh, and pushing him, and then also just like all of the other talents that um, Bobby Heenan had of yeah he did commentary he did do all this other stuff and you know that's because he was a good talker while someone like jimmy hart maybe is more of a personality yeah you know what what do you think well let me think here like yeah like you were saying with like the impact and with uh sort of the legacy like bobby the brain heenan for sure uh, has like sort of a hand in creating what we now know as like a manager and also yeah like you were saying with his other talents like i think that kind of puts him over i um, mean jimmy hart i think oh it, it's hard because i don't think that jimmy hart ever like i can see where the evolution of a character like bob heeman then inspired other characters jimmy hart I can see where he did, but he's very like no one else is like Jimmy Hart. Yeah, I I suppose like the one of a kindness is uh, very important to consider here as well. That yeah, and I guess this is something that we'll probably talk about in the next matchup too, because it's kind of like similar in the way that like it's this big big character versus Mm -hmm. uh, somebody with like just massive accomplishments and like a crazy resume. Um, of achievements and things like that. So, hmm, very interesting here. I mean, I'll probably go with the brain because these of top, all the people that he worked with. Yeah, these top four are like pinnacle general managers. Yeah, are just. I it's, would, it's tough. I I would go with the brain. I mean, there's a yeah. reason why he's regarded as the greatest. Um. But yeah, Jimmy Hart is just one of those things. It's like, yeah, he's a character. Yeah. And like, I think he, 
I'm trying to think of what other what other like character managers can you think of? Like I can think of Jimmy Hart. I can think of uh, Paul Bearer. Was Lana a character manager? I guess Lana. No, no. <laughs> Th- that, and that's the other thing too is there are some managers. Like I would if if I was comparing like Lana to Selena Vega. Selena Vega is a manager. Lana yeah. is a uh, what they she call a valet. It? I guess. Valet. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, but I mean, when when Rusev like first started to appear she was more of a manager than a valet but then gradually it would just yeah, like kind I would of agree. shifted more so to her like uh not being as actively involved with his uh booking and stuff yeah because like because i remember like when rusa first came up uh, or was first appearing like she would be like crush and then <laughs> and then rusa would do like his finishing moves um yeah so. it's like in terms of character managers i mean the people that stand out to me i'm just trying to even think of past couple of that's hard it there's only there um is alberto del rio's manager a character manager he's kind <laughs> he's kind of like that i don't uh, even know what his name is do you do you remember umaga's manager umaga had a manager yeah <laughs> He was a, he was he was the dude at the giant Cuban cigar. Oh, Armando Estrada. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a character. Um, <laughs> does does Jillian Hall count as a uh, oh a, lord a manager I remember too? that like a character manager? That was I for, think she does. That was for JB, JBL. JBL. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. My God. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say what is like a character. I would say a character is that you act not like a normal person at all. Right. Where, where it's like you're super, like like larger than life, and and yeah, it's you very much stick to one thing. So I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. I can't really think. If you can think of any other char- good character, like managers, please let us know on. Uh, in the comments or on social yeah. media and stuff. As we, as we rack our brains to, yeah. uh, but to actively stall from advancing this No, this but I, I think we both agree that it's Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Just talents, accomplishments, yeah. Yeah. people they worked with, elevating, mm-hmm. being a manager, all that stuff. Yeah. This is equally going to be a tricky matchup because we got Paul Bearer versus Paul Heyman. Oh, man. Man. It's tough because that's, it's the exact same thing. Of like You have a larger-than-life yeah. character who is essential to one of the most famous wrestlers ever. And without that manager, that character would be, you know... what. It, it's hard to think of the Undertaker without Paul without Bear. Without Paul Bear, even though half of his career mm. he wasn't with Paul Bear, but yeah. like that first half is so important. Important, yeah. And well, it's have, also it's also no, like Brock Lesnar too, man. Like if you think true. about no, that's one hundred percent true. Like Paul Heyman without Brock Lesnar would be like just like this big guy who was like, I can't even think of, <laughs> I can't even think of Brock Lesnar without Paul Heyman. Like, that's the thing. I can think of CM Punk without Paul Heyman. I can think yeah. of Roman Reigns without Paul Heyman. I can think of all yeah. these other guys without 
without Paul Heyman, but Brock is nothing without Paul. Yeah. Has he always been with him? Like, I'm just trying to remember, like, his, like, Brock Lesnar's, like, early run. Um, yeah, basically. I'm, or, or, I mean, or Brock came in and was by himself a little bit, but then Paul, I mean, they strapped a rocket to him when Paul managed him. That's how he then became, at the time, the youngest world champion ever. Right. And that's where he beat The Rock. He beat Kurt Angle. Like, yeah, they they are like they put Paul Heyman on him and then just boom. And people over the years have been like, eh, Brock Lesnar. Yay, Brock Lesnar. Eh, Brock Lesnar. But honestly, I think ever since he first came in, he's always been top tier. Yeah, you, I guess, what, like, the one consistent thing is, like, even like even if you don't love Brock Lesnar, like, it's always, like, a joy to see Paul Heyman back or, like, to see him meddling in the affairs. Like, I'm never mm-hmm. tired of Paul Heyman, but I could get tired of, like, you know, spamming F5s. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, that's the thing is then when Brock went away, he would just go and pick a new guy. Yeah, you, know, you went to CM Punk, and then that was the entirety of CM Punk versus The Undertaker, which is a very, you know, well-known, famous feud. Mm-hmm. And then you have, uh, yeah, now you have him with Roman Reigns, and it's like... Which Roman is like Re- su- a, such an um, incredible storyline. It's so good, and, and, and Paul is not even like... like what I love about this current storyline is that Paul's not even that that important. Yeah. He but he's there and the fact that he's like kind of scared, you know? That he's kind of scared of Roman and he's kind of yeah. like he he's kind of he's still a mouthpiece there, but he's he's really like he's really pushing how like pushing how terrifying Roman is right now. And I, I swear that Roman's going to do something crazy and, like, destructive and destroy someone soon. And I mean, he basically did at Clash of Champions, right? He kind of like, did. That but I think match at, against I think Jay. At, I think at Hell in a Cell it's going to be worse. But, but that's the yeah. thing. And, like, Paul is just, Paul is there not to, like, just hype and hype and hype and hype like he did with Brock. But instead he's yeah. there and he's, like, kind of... It's such a shift in character, which is interesting, you know? Instead yeah. of being this confident in your face, like, I'm telling you everything you need to know, you stupid audience, all this stuff. He's like, guys, he's scary. <laughs> the tribal chief. <laughs> okay, I, okay, so maybe maybe it's, that it's, actually... It's so, gives... it's so tough because it's... it's, it's Ah, this is the this I is the toughest I, one, honestly, because it's yeah you have. I mean, uh, yeah, all this stuff. But I think what Paul you Hayden, just said, Bob Bearer, you know. Yeah, but I think what you just said gave me a lot of clarity in in terms of making the decision because if you look at Paul Bearer, like he really only worked with Undertaker and Kane, and yeah, and mankind kind we're, of, but like we're deciding who's the greatest, is, but Paul. Hay- yeah, but with Paul Heyman, it's like he, 
like you were saying, like he's adapted to the different people that he's paired with. Right. And, um, and he, he changes his managerial style, which is very compelling and interesting. Whereas like Paul Bearer is um, very awesome, but very one note if you think about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Paul Heyman is the guy. I'm, 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 a, Heyman, I'm a Heyman guy. I'm a Heyman guy. We should make a shirt. I'm a Heyman guy. I'm a Heyman guy. <laughs> All right. Yep. I, I got to give it to Paul Heyman. Yeah, man. You're, you're right. Just the the fact that he has been able to work with a bunch of different people. And all the people that he's worked with have basically been stars. Yeah, he, he really elevates talent like no other. Not, I mean... Like he, when, he, when he picks someone and he really wants to push them, they get pushed. It's sad then when you have someone that's like, you know, a Cesaro where Paul Heyman was super behind Cesaro and everyone loves Cesaro and everybody wants the best yeah. for Cesaro. But then yeah. like WWE kind of goes like, eh, you're more of a good Man. hand yeah. than a world champion because yeah. you have a funny accent. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Cesaro, Cesaro for world champ. Come on, people. Yeah, everybody. We, we, we love Cesaro. I met him one time uh, in a, a parking lot, and I was like, "Hey, man, are you Cesaro?" And he's like, "No, I just look like him." Uh, it's definitely him. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. we were. I, I was in in Edmonton at the time, and me and my buddy Kevin went to see uh, Hercules, like the Rock version oh, of yeah. Hercules. And I guess like WWE was in town doing like a house show, and yeah, sitting in the front row was Cesaro, and I was like, "Hey, Kevin, is that Cesaro?" And he's like, "Yeah." That's, that's definitely that's him. funny. Yeah. All right, we're at our final. Okay. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah. yeah. Versus Paul Heyman. This is tough. I mean, it's this is very like golden era versus current now. Era. Yeah. Well, I'm a Heyman guy. I will stand by that. <laughs> I'm a Heyman guy. Uh, I mean. Yeah, but like I guess it's like it's like chicken or the egg, right? Like it's like this without this man, like Bobby the Brain, there probably wouldn't be Paul Heyman. There's a reason then, why he was called the Brain. Yeah, like that's oh. the reason why he got that nickname is because he was one of the smartest, considered to be one of the smartest guys. And I mean, you know how we said like you know. You think about Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage, and Miss Elizabeth has to be there. Yeah. You think about Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, he has to be there. Maybe yeah. not to a lot of people. Maybe people, like general fans might go, oh yeah, Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the Giant. Woo! But like, if you're a wrestling fan, he was the guy. Yeah, and like that match wouldn't have been as monumental if Bobby the Brain Heenan didn't help like build up Andre the Giant so much, right? Like to to make him the beast that he that he was known to be. Ah, this is tough. I don't I don't like this one because they, it, it's they like, have. Well, let's talk about let's. How about this? Let's break it down to subjects. Okay. Sure. 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 Style. Yeah. Basically, the same style. You know, yes. like I would say more that 
Bobby the Brain Heenan was more of like what I keep saying is a chicken shit heel where he has a big yeah. mouth. He talks a lot of game. And then as soon as you, you know, try to confront him, he starts backpedaling. Which kind right. of Paul Heyman kind of has that same style. You know? Yeah. Because he talks a big game and then like without Brock being there or something, he'll like, he, he would just cower. Like he's like, ah. But I mean, Paul Heyman's style. Like, what would you classify his managerial style as? Well, it kind of depends who he's with, right? Like, mm-hmm. if it's Brock Lesnar, then his managerial style is like, uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's like controlling, but it's, um, he actively is meddling in affairs and booking and seems like, he is manipulating results some way, somehow to get the best possible matchups for Brock. And I mean, and with Brock, I mean, he, he did, he does all the talking. Yeah. You know, Brock barely is ever like, there was that one, there was that like one moment in time where it looked like they were finally going to part ways. Right. Yes. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, when I think about Paul Heyman, Brock, I think Brock is the muscle and Paul Heyman's the mouth, and the brain in a, and the brain. In a sense, I, mean, right? I mean, yeah, literally, oh, yeah. <laughs> because like, yeah, like he pretty much just put Brock in places to succeed or like to yeah. dominate. Um, but then with any of his other ones, yeah. with any of his other ones, I mean, with CM Punk, like they are both. You can't. You say who's the best talkers in wrestling? They're both up there. Like CM Punk yeah. is a good talker. It's not that he He's can a good never promo. talk. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think with Paul Heyman, it was just this kind of like nefarious duo kind of a like we're two, like let's put our two brains together and let's do some like evil shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like Roman Reigns too, right? Like with Roman Reigns, like I, yeah, like I. I think Roman is probably not as good of a promo as CM Punk or Paul Heyman, but the, yeah, just like kind of the, the nature of them being together is like, Oh boy. Oh boy. Like well, what, what are these guys cooking up? Yeah. Well, cause Paul Heyman, I would classify Paul Heyman's style as like, he pushes the big guys who are going to, dominate like that's his thing is he's like this guy will dominate and whether it's because of strength or just smarts mostly it's always been strength because you think you think of even like cesaro it's like well yeah because look at look at cesaro (laughs) he's a specimen they call him the the, they call him superman for (laughs) for a reason the swiss cyborg or yeah so uh but then you look at CM Punk and it's like, well, you know, he's CM Punk's not a jack dude. He's not like that's not his style, but right. he's smart. And yeah, and Paul Heyman is smart. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, I guess then another thing that we can use as a point is like, what about uh, people like who they represented? Who is mm. who is bigger? So with Paul Heyman, the biggest ones that we can name are Brock, Roman, and CM Punk. Punk. Yeah. With Bobby the Brain Heenan, we got Andre the Giant. (laughs) 
hold on. We got we got Andre the Giant. <laughs> there's more. I know there's more. Oh, Mr. Perfect. Yes. That was another probably big one. Uh King Kong Bundy. Well, he had the Heen family like right. stable. So Yeah. I mean, if I think, we're just um, going literal size, then I suppose <laughs> <laughs> the brain wins. Well, I would say this is what I would say. I'd say Andre the Giant, Brock, CM Punk, Roman Reigns, Mr. Perfect. Like that's how I would I would say that like Andre is at the top in terms of like who you manage as a star. Yeah, Andre, everyone, everyone knows Andre the Giant. Yeah, well, I think I think it's like, yeah, Andre the Giant. And I think like Mr. Perfect and Brock Lesnar are like pretty close. Well, I well, in terms of wrestlers, yes. But in terms of like managing wrestlers. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, like it would be like. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think in terms of like, oh, yeah, Bobby the Brahean and he managed Mr. Perfect. It's like, is that more known than Paul Heyman managing Brock Lesnar? Probably not. Yeah. Not to a, a filthy casual like myself. Um, oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. Under the giant though, it's just, yeah. And the thing about it is like he built him up too, right? Like that that relationship is very integral to what we know and love as uh, Andre the Giant. Whereas like uh, maybe that can be argued with Brock Lesnar as well, but like. I just think that Andre the Giant is like he transcends wrestling. He is like such a notable figure. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> ah, this is tricky. I'd probably give that to the brain just because obviously the sheer amount of superstars and wrestlers that he worked with uh, versus Paul Heyman's like, yeah, like sure, like ECW and like you could consider him working with those people, but like as a manager, it's like really only like three dudes that were in like big notable feuds and stuff like that. This is tough. Yeah. Like it would be easy to just agree with the list and be like, yeah, of course, Bobby, the brain, he is the, the best, but I mean, for me, I think. Uh, I think it is also. I will also say it. Part of it might be our age. Yeah. And the era that we grew up in. We grew up in Paul Heyman era. Yeah. Like Bobby I said, I'm a Hey Man guy. <laughs> I'm a Hey Man. <laughs> I'm a Hey Man guy. Uh In terms of preference, my personal preference, I have to go with Paul Heyman. Huh. But I think I think that for me, the reason why I go with Paul Heyman is just because Bobby the Bray Heenan, classic, couldn't be where we are today of 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 managers without him. Yeah. But Heyman has has changed the game has elevated what it means to be a manager you know and i when i think of managers 
I immediately go to Heyman. You know, there's there's certain figures that, that you immediately go to, and one of them for me is always Heyman for Brock. But then you think about all the other people. You think about the fact that you know this person's a Heyman guy. Who's the next Heyman guy? Because that's what the industry looks at is like, who is he manage is important. Yeah, yeah. And you look and at I you, think, you do look uh, back yeah. at Bobby the Brain Heenan and you're like, that, yes, integral, important, an important figure in wrestling altogether, not just as a manager. He did commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, him and like from all the old matches that I've seen. Him and Gorilla Monsoon as commentators was like is is such is one of the classic pairings. Like I think for that generation, like for what like my perfect pairing. I mean the voice of me, the voice, the commentary team of my generation growing up was Jerry the King Lawler and Jr. Yeah, you know, and you had. The, per, the the color commentator and then the personality that was a heel. That was that generation. Gorilla Monsoon was the color commentator and Bobby the Brain Heenan was the character. Yeah. And I don't think we'd be where we are without Bobby the Brain, but in terms of who I think is the greatest manager of all time... Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! No, I I think I agree with you, man. Because like, well, first and foremost, it's a recency bias, I think, for us because it's like when I really started to get into wrestling is when uh, Brock uh, kind of first appeared in the WWE, and he had Paul Heyman, and and like getting back into wrestling over the years, like Paul Heyman's been involved in that main title title. <laughs> oh, oh, Ooh. damn it! Excuse uh, you. <laughs> what was I going to say? Um, blah, 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 blah. But like being, coming back to being a wrestling fan in like the 2000s, like Paul Heyman's been involved in like every title feud because Brock as well. So it's like, I, I think I just had, yeah, I have to give it to him. And like, and like you were saying, people speculate like when new people join the company, uh, whether that be in NXT or if they're getting called up to main roster, they they often say like, "Oh, like why not pair them with Paul Heyman?" Because he's just like such uh, an important piece to somebody becoming a star, especially if he can't talk. Like, imagine like if uh, like I I hate to shade this wrestler, but uh, imagine if Ricochet came in with Paul Heyman. Like that would be crazy. That'd be awesome. Cause it was like, cause like you could be like, like Paul Heyman could be like, this is like a generational athlete. You've never seen a man like this defies gravity. Uh, but not only that, he is a, the strongest competitor, most fearsome real life superhero. Yeah. A real life superhero ricochet. Uh, like that would be crazy. Right. And also like when Shayna Baszler, got called up people were like oh, oh man that would have been oh, perfect man. yeah so like just the fact that people speculate and pair him uh, fantasy booking wise like what we do here at book events with um him as a manager like i think that speaks 
just a multi it's, it's just it just speaks multiple platitudes and and uh it really m- makes you think like oh yeah this guy is the best manager right now and that's my rant <laughs> made me actually wonder i looked it up has paul Heyman ever managed a female wrestler and the only one i can see is let's see led me to a Cura page oh of has course cora cora has wwe has paul Heyman ever managed female wrestlers there's only one female wrestler on record that Heyman personally managed back in the 80s in wcw he worked as paul e dangerously paul e dangerously <laughs> Managing a stable of overlooked and underutilized wrestlers uh, called the Dangerous Alliance. This group uh, was a murderer's row of elite talent, ravishing Rick Rude as the centerpiece. Uh, But the lineup also included four horsemen founder Arn Anderson, old school legend Larry Zbysko, tag team specialist Bobby Eaton, free bird Michael Hayes, and stunning Stone Cold Steve Austin. Or what he was known at the time was Stunning Steve Austin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, but where's the female wrestler? But the group had one female member, Alundra Blaze. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's super old school WCW. That's poly dangerously. That's such a weird group of people. <laughs> yeah. Arn Anderson, Steve Austin, Rick Rick Rude is the centerpiece. Yeah, that's crazy. Alundra Blaze? That's such yeah. a weird that's such a weird group of people. That's so funny. That is so bizarre. But yeah, man, to bring it back, Paul Heyman. Obviously no disrespect to Bobby the Brain. Oh, no, of course. He is the cornerstone. Goat. Yeah, but we got to, you know, we got to go with Paul because we are Heyman guys. We are Heyman guys. Here we are here here at Book of Vince. We are Heyman guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, there we go. So that is our bracket. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, is, is there's certain people that like you look at those lists and you're like, there's a reason why these guys are. And then it just comes down to preference, honestly. Like I yeah. looked at, I looked at like five different lists, and they were the top four were pretty much the exact same every single time. But you know, shoutouts to like, uh, there's not too many current managers that like stick out in my head in my mind. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I got to give probably my biggest shoutout is to Selena Vega because I think that she is probably the one of the best managers in wrestling in the last you know a little while here yeah little while. it sucks it sucks that she probably like won't get to manage uh because we don't know what the hell is going on with her storyline so like, yeah well, right now it's weird but i mean you look at her history with andrade and like and then she NXT, really she really yeah. elevated him for oh, sure yeah, for yeah. sure um i mean the only other managers that are active right now in like AEW are Arn and Tully. Yeah. And Which, Eddie Kingston's oh, like and, kind of a he's kind of a manager too. Kind of. And then also Jake the Snake. But I mean Right. I I'm uncomfortable every single time I see Lance Archer and Jake the Snake because 
he's beating people up and then he rips off Jake's shirt to what did he have written on the back of it? Everybody's gonna die or something like that? That was weird. That made me uncomfortable. I didn't want to see Jake the Snake's naked chest and back. Yeah, he's a <laughs> he's he's weird right now. Yeah. Very strange. But like, yeah, you have these old school dudes where it's like, yeah, help these up and comers, but like you need like a just a manager, just like a new presence. Yeah. So they 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 I think they need to bring I need, I think they need to take really talented promo people and just put them as managers. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of really talented talkers out there who could probably get a lot further in their career just by Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I forgot about this guy. This is a very important guy right now. He is a part of this yellow and black brand robert stone oh jesus yeah man the rob stone brand you know on top of being a Heyman guy i'm also a rob stone guy <laughs> i will say i will say it's it's funny yeah but, it's funny it's hilarious but it's also funny that they can't keep a single man member <laughs> yeah except for except for Aaliyah. she yeah. she's always going to be a robert stone guy um is M would you consider MVP a manager right now? Yeah, I, I guess he's a manager. I mean, it, I mean, it's more of a stable. Yeah, but he wrestles you know, though. The like, hurt so business. Like that's, yeah, so that that kind of is a, a gray area. But he does do a lot of uh, talking and meddling, and he's and he's been really good. Man, shout out to MVP. Oh, I know. Yeah, the hurt the hurt business has been great. Honestly, better than Retribution for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no what's what's your what's your retribution name marty oh i haven't done that yet what is what is it what okay so there we go that's a bracket let's let's end it off on this okay, okay so yeah. so that was our bracket we decide that was it we we said paul Heyman is the greatest wrestling manager of all time if you have yes. if you think it should have been someone else or if or if you think that uh, the bracket should have been different, or or you have your favorite wrestling manager of all time. Please let us know on social media or in the comments of the podcast, and let us know. Yeah, um, if you disagree, my client will f five you. This is a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we are running low on questions, so for the podcast. So please. Go and submit your questions to the podcast. It can literally yeah. be anything about wrestling uh, on our website, unknownairfilms.com slash book events. Uh, we also ask them on our Facebook page, on Twitter, on Instagram, and you can follow all those by searching uh, at UE underscore films. That is our mm -hmm. username on all those uh, platforms. Uh, so I guess the question of this week is, because we're, we're running out of time, uh, what is your <laughs> retribution name? Yeah, what is your retribution name, Marty? Um, let's see. <laughs> oh, no, that's not what I wanted. Damn it. Damn it, 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 damn it. Uh... Where is it? Where was it? Do you have a link to the thing? Because I never, I never took it. Uh, let me see if I can find it. What's I'll yours? You. Did you, did you do yours? 
Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm. I think I'm. Pole cannon. Pole cannon. <laughs> pole cannon. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty dumb. Pole cannon. Okay, let me see if I can find it here. It's. It's got to be in my ca- ah. Because uh, I I saw it going around and I didn't. I said I sent it to your Facebook. Okay. So check it check it out. Oh, there we okay. Go. Yeah. So yeah, my because yeah, because so I, I saw this I saw this going around. And I saw it as a photo, but I wasn't too sure what. Okay, wait. So your retribution po- name is your birthday month plus day of birth. Yeah. Okay. January twenty seventh. Oh man, I can't wait for this. Push chain. <laughs> what the fuck? Push chain. Push, yeah. punch, kick, throw, slam, bash, toss, swing, pull, chop, strike, mash. Push chain. Push chain. Push, push chain and pull cannon. Your hosts of Book and Vince, <laughs> a wrestling dream match oh, podcast. I want a taser. You uh, think I want a pull cannon? <laughs> pull. Pull cannon. P U L L cannon. Pull cannon. What the? What in the world? Pull cannon and push, push and pull. That's our tag team. Push yeah, and pull. Push, push and pull. The tag team. We're we're like the, we're like the retribution jobbers. We're the guys that just like run around and like hey, and and break if, stuff. If we're the retribution equivalent to John Silver and Alex Reynolds in Dark Order, I'm okay with that. Oh, John Silver. Is a national treasure. Yes, of of both nations of they North are, America. He's a North American treasure. They are great. They are so good. <laughs> he's so he's fantastic. All right. Well then, I guess what? Let's see. We would do a match recommendation. Also, please tell us your retribution names. Yeah. Please, I should I should retweet that thing and go. <laughs> That's what I'll do. I'll retweet. I'll. Tweet that photo and I'll have our our names in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Our retribution names. Um, normally we do a match recommendation, but this has been kind of like a neutral one. Usually we go back and forth. Mm-hmm. So let's come up with one together. Sure. For a match recommendation. So let's see. Should we do one that's associated with? I would. I would honestly. If we're gonna go based off of like managers and stuff, Paul Heyman. Yeah. yeah. What's a really good Paul Heyman moment match? I mean, Brock beating the streak and Paul's face is hilarious. Yeah, I think Brock I think Brock versus the streak is probably the match we have to go with. It's just so classic of just Paul just being like ah! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and bonus content would be uh watching Brock Lesnar during his money in the bank. Um, run where he has the oh, boombox yeah. and when he's dancing and Paul Heyman is just like <laughs> <laughs> the Brock party yeah the, uh, yeah, the Brock that was party. so as much as everyone hated that he just came in and got money in the bank the fact that they did that was so funny the fact that I like think, <laughs> yeah I think Brock had a, f- a fantastic time with that let's just have Brock fuck around with the briefcase and, and act like mm. a dick <laughs> it's so good <laughs> Yeah, man. That's right, it. So, so our match recommendation is Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker. Brock versus The Streak. Hell yeah. That's a good one. All right. Well, 
Thank you everybody for listening. If you enjoyed what we do here again, please subscribe or follow to the podcast, whatever platform that you listen to. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media because you can catch all of the different stuff that we are uh, doing online, some streaming, some content creation. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like we said at the beginning, we are, we did this episode because it's to promote a new series that's coming out on our YouTube channel, Bracketeer Season 2, where we're deciding what is the greatest N64 game of all time. So be sure to check that out when it comes out. Um, yeah, so follow Unknown Error everywhere at UE underscore films. And you can follow myself online, Twitter, and Instagram at Barton underscore minute. And you can follow Mr. Anthony Hall at Hall and Jokes on Instagram and Twitter. But yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next time. See you next week. Yeah! <laughs> yeah!